0: Listener, I bet you're wondering where the rest of Season 1 of the podcast is. Well, I gave it some thought, and I feel the first season is no longer representative of the show, from an audio and writing quality standpoint. If you'd like to listen to the complete Season 1, as well as all of our Black Label episodes, please head over to patreon.com slash obscurecrimepodcast. That's patreon.com slash obscurecrimepodcast. The following audio may contain graphic descriptions of violence or audio clips of real-life distressing moments. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Obscura, where we shine a light on the dark. Welcome, listener. I'm glad you're here. Today, we discuss a person so disgusting, he triggered my gag response. This is a first for the show. This episode skated on the edge of becoming a Black Label episode. There's audio from this clip I'm going to play for you later that made it difficult to eat dinner the evening after I watched it. If you have a weak stomach, or feel particularly sensitive about tragedies involving children... This may not be the episode for you. Sometimes, when covering a predator, the research aspect can be difficult. Digging up this information isn't always easy. In this case, though, the internet catalogs so much information that I found myself cutting things out that added nothing to the overall history. In fact, I'm actually surprised how little coverage this has gotten. It's tough to decide exactly how to tell the story of Nick Stoutzenberger. The story is a horrifying one, and a complex one at that. Many of the chapters of this story feature video documentation that's hard to place in specific moments. So, I think the philosophy going forward in telling this story will be comparable to peeling a rotting onion. Let's peel away the less offensive bits till we get to the rotten core of the story. Do you think the early parts of this story is too vanilla or dull? Well... Just You Wait. This is an episode that will have a slow incline right into the mouth of madness. Before getting into the red meat of this story, let's get an overview of Nick Stoutenberger's early life. Part 1. Unravel. Nick Stoutenberger was born on September 1st, 1991. His parents, divorced when he was still a child sometime when he was in elementary school. According to Nick's aunt, his father was an alcoholic, abusive, and unpredictable. Nick's father, she said, would often come home drunk, become verbally abusive, and oftentimes, destroy property. There was also an incident where Nick's father spanked him publicly at school. After the divorce, Nick stayed with his mother at the family home while the father moved into a trailer. Nick's mother eventually remarried, Now suffering from anxiety and depression, conditions that he takes medication for, Nick was placed in full time emotional support by the fourth grade. A documented note from his school read Nick is usually very quiet in class and at times cooperative in class. He works well in one on one situations with staff and in small groups. He receives 48 to 52 points per day on his point sheet, 52 possible points. Nick loses the most points in the areas of respect and class rules. He continues to exhibit difficulty with peer relationships, which is demonstrated by his inappropriate behaviors to peers. Till recently, Nick did not interact with others on the playground and often chose to remain in the classroom during recess. He is unable to accept consequences for his inappropriate actions and repeatedly states, I didn't do anything. Nick is extremely emotional and takes everything to heart. During this period of his school life, Nick has physical altercations with other students. He doesn't recall who started these fights. Despite his behavioral issues, Nick was noted to have superior intelligence, creative talents, visual sequencing, wide vocabulary skills, verbal reasoning skills, abstract reasoning abilities, and complete academic abilities. However, even at a young age, it was clear that he was heading down the wrong path. His areas that needed improvement were compliance with school rules and expectations, social interaction with peers, specifically to lessen physical aggression towards peers, increased ability to seek help when needed, and to develop strategies to cope better with anxiety and withdrawal. By middle school, Nick's struggle with social anxiety got the best of him, eventually forcing him to leave public school in order to be homeschooled by his aunt for his 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th grade years. Afterwards, Nick once again returned to public school, where he was re-enrolled in full-time emotional support. This four-year respite appeared to have helped Nick grasp a better handle on his social anxiety. Some teachers even described him as intelligent and funny. Nick spent most of his time at his desk drawing. According to him, students would acknowledge that they were well done, and Nick thought of these students as his friends. There is no evidence that these students saw Nick outside of school. But... There were still issues. One document on his behavior read, Nick needs to improve his social skills. Nick avoids high social areas, such as the cafeteria and hallways. Even with his peers prompting to join, Nick sometimes makes comments or acts in ways that has a tendency to draw negative attention to himself, such as sucking on his hair or moaning for no apparent reason. When Nick finished high school, Sometime in 2008 or 2009, his aunt aided him in applying for social security disability benefits and allowed Nick to live in her apartment. Nick's relationship with his mother could be described as bad if you were to undersell it. To jump ahead, when a psychological evaluation was being performed on Nick Stoutzenberger, his mother could not be reached. It seems that she simply left a message. He has always been a problem. Nick has poor critical thinking skills. When asked what he would do if there was a fire on his stove top, he responded that he would text his aunt. Calling 911 or using a fire extinguisher didn't even occur to him. This right here, this lack of judgment, this non-ability to have even the most basic problem-solving skills, echoes through his future actions. It's what allows him to openly expose his dark thoughts and actions to the world. And... It's what doesn't allow him to escape out of the hole he dug for himself. Part 2. Obsession Okay, we've established a basic overview of most of Nick Stoutsenberger's life. We've peeled away a few rotten layers. But, let's start to flesh some of this out. To do this, I think it's important to analyze who Nick considered to be the love of his life. The girl's name is Anna. Now, I want to put something forward here. So, let's pump the brakes. Anna has experienced a lot of fallout from the events surrounding Nick Stoutzenberger. This is unfair. It's been made clear to me that she met Nick at a very early age, and this meeting occurred online. Some of the details surrounding her and Nick's interactions have been intentionally obscured to drag her into blame. What's important to keep in mind going forward is that Nick and Anna shared an interest in a fandom. It's common among fans of a fandom to engage in chat roleplays. When Nick started leaking his dark side to Anna, it was through these roleplay chats. When it became clear to Anna that a lot of what Nick was putting forward wasn't fictional, she disengaged from interacting with him. And, before it's brought up, Anna and her family tried several times to contact authorities, but they were dismissed. It was a strange time for the internet. It wasn't taken very seriously at the time. So, I implore you. Leave the girl alone. She's been through enough. Have empathy. Nick met Anna online when she was 12, maybe 13 years old. He was about a year older than she was. They shared an interest in an obscure webtoon and were a part of the fandom. Since the fandom was very small, the two built a friendship over time. This would be something that Anna would go on to regret. Right away, Anna sensed that Nick had a crush on her. Being a part of a small fandom, she was used to this. In their fandom's social circle, Anna was only one of two girls in a group that was made up mostly of straight guys. At this point, even as young as she was, Anna knew how to handle this. She let Nick down gently, explaining that she valued their friendship and just wasn't interested. Anna doesn't remember Nick's reaction at the time, what she does remember is that, as time passed, Nick steadily became less and less accepting of her lack of sexual attraction toward him. As a result, he began making creepy sexual comments towards Anna and would put extreme sexual elements into their fandom roleplays. Anna expressed her discomfort with Nick shoehorning these disturbing elements into their roleplays, especially the aspects that we'll get into later. Nick laid off for some time, but eventually... He started slipping these elements in again. By the summer of 2008, Anna had enough. She was 15 years old now, and the creepy sexual elements had become about her. In a block nick on MSN Messenger and AIM. For those that aren't aware, these chat clients were extremely popular at the time. I spent many nights chatting away on them and have plenty of fond memories. After blocking Nick, Anna felt she was finally free of his creepy behavior, that she could breathe a sigh of relief. She was very, very wrong. What Anna had forgotten was that she and Nick had been pen pals at one point, and that he had her cell phone number. So, not long after she blocked him, the letter arrived. This was in late September, or early October. Anna refused to read the letter. She never opened it. When her mother handed it to Anna, naively telling her it was from a friend, Anna explained that the two were no longer friends, that he'd gotten kind of weird. Fearing she might get in trouble, she went it alone and didn't explain to her parents that Nick frightened her. When you're that age, it's hard to tell exactly what will lead to angry parents. So, the letter went unanswered, and time passed. December rolled around, and Anna gets a frighteningly unwelcome call on her house phone. She never gave Nick that number, just her cell. Her mother overheard Anna becoming audibly upset, took the phone from her, Unaware of exactly who this Nick person was, Anna's mother told him that he must be confused and hung up on him. Sympathetic and worried for their daughter, Anna would go on to tell them everything. But Nick's obsession didn't die. He continued to obsess over Anna, usually referring to her as his wife. And for Anna, this caused a great deal of stress. The stress was not helped by the internet's constant pestering. Now, you may be asking yourself... What is it about Anna and Nick that got the internet's attention? Why was nearly every piece of information about Nick recorded and documented obsessively? For that, we really need to dive into who Nick Stoutsenberger is. It's here where we're really peeling away at the disgusting layers of this monster. Part 3. The Grinning Face of Madness Whenever I see another person, I'm reminded that vaginal intercourse probably happened to create them, which is disgusting and upsets me. Nick Stoutsenberger, This will be the most difficult part to tackle. I've intentionally taken my time to get here because there is just so much to unpack. To start, let's take a listen to a video room tour recorded by Nick.
1: Hey. Hey, okay, is it recording? Yeah, it's recording. Hey, this is Nick Bate, and um, I'm going to give you a video tour of my room. And, uh, I'm trying to speed through this really quickly because, like, I've had to redo this video, like, a bunch of times, because, um, I keep running out of time. So, okay, let's go. Alright, um, okay, not much light in here. Okay, well, this is my computer desk. I put my laptop on it and laptop accessories. Um, Right now I'm using it, uh, well my laptop doesn't really work right now so now I'm just kind of stacking crap on top of it. There's my dresser, some clothes go in it sometimes, Uh, there's my bed, there's a pillow that I hug when I'm sleeping because I literally need to hug something while I'm sleeping or I can't sleep. there's my there's my nightstand where I put things that I want to have access to while I'm in bed, such as my TV remote, cell phone, iHome remote, and uh drinks. And here's some panties. And Nick, just open a drawer full of women's clothing. Okay, there's there's a TV. Um There's the wall of Anna. Sometimes I put other things on it. Right now I have drawings of the Coffee Crew characters. Probably can't see it because it's uh, really not very much light in here. Um, Here,
0: he mentions Anna and the wall of photos and letters he has for her.
1: There's my PS2 and PS2 accessories. Um, I don't know. I don't really use that stand thing. There's um, mostly cords they go to um my uh handheld devices, chargers and stuff. There's my cat. Uh Nanny doesn't allow cats in the house, but I do it anyway. Um there's my iHome. Um then around the TV and iHome area, uh I just I put things that I use on a daily basis, such as my Dixie cup, uh DS you No, know, DS games. Uh, there, I'm starting a a collection of Mountain Dew cans, Monster cans, and McDonald's McCafe coffee cups. Um, Captain, would you... Oh,
0: you dick. Captain is his cat. Just wanted to note that, since you can't see it.
1: Uh, okay. Here's... here's my CDs. It's a thing of CDs. Mostly, they might be giants. Also, there's video games at the bottom. Um...
0: It's worth noting here a few things. One, the room is dingy and filthy. Two, Nick's footage is very erratic and hard to track. He's swinging the camera around so much that it makes me dizzy. Three, pay attention to his odd breathing patterns as the video goes forward.
1: Here in the corner of my room is a stack of papers and, you know, stuff that I use occasionally. Um, But it's mostly just papers that, like, I write random things on and then never look at them again and then throw them in a pile. There's a keyboard that I hardly ever use. There's also a guitar that I hardly ever use. Um, there's 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 uh, where I hang my shirts and stuff. Um, there's there's my backpack. Um, let's take a look inside it. Um, I bring it to dads and I. Fill it full of stuff that i wanna take with me to dads such as my flash drives you know um uh, uh, uh okay Let's unzip okay here's a here's a binder um it, I have like my coffee crew comics and stuff in it. Captain, would you, Captain, get out of here. And, um, there's more on the other side. Also, like, more random, random drawings and scribblings and stuff. Um, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, more Coffee Crew comics on this side. Okay, uh, Cap, Captain, get the. Okay, here's another, another binder. This has Captain, get out of here. Get all right. this has letters that Anna sent me in the mail and stuff, and then envelopes that they came in. Um, yeah, there's there's a Lincoln CD she sent me. Another letter over here. Yeah. Um, uh, is that everything? I don't know if that's everything. Um is that everything? There's a balcony door over there. That uh, leads to the balcony. <sighs> there's there's some books that I don't read cuz I don't read books. There's a crate full of stuff that I never use. Um down there is a box of stuff that I never use. There's a broken TV. Um There's, uh, there's a horse picture that, um, just, randomly hanging on my wall. It's always been there. Um, I never really bothered to take it down, because I don't really have anything to put up in place of it. Um, uh, mm, there's a calendar with, uh, with, uh, puppies on it, apparently. I'd prefer kittens, but, um. Oh, there's um there's my CD player. Um sometimes I put stuff on top of it. As you can see, that like usually things that I want to use or have used recently, but don't really have another place to put them. Uh, uh I guess that's that every, Oh, here's here's another door. Um, it leads to this little, little ana Anna Chamber, this little room where we, like, store, store things. (laughs) Over there's a closet that I don't use, they use it for whatever, I don't know. There's a window, an air conditioner, usually, um, usually Captain climbs up onto the balcony, and, uh, oh, uh, that's Captain. Usually he climbs up onto the balcony, and... Then like sleeps on my air conditioner for no real reason. Um uh, uh I guess that's a baby picture of someone. Maybe me, I don't know. I don't really care. Uh <laughs> ow. Uh here's here's a bathroom, there's a toilet, there's a plunger that I use as a butt plug. There's uh there's a mirror. This is usually where I take pictures of myself. There's, um, there's a sink. Uh, there's... Uh, here's some baby oil that I use as a lube for jacking off with. Uh, or for putting things in my butt. Uh, what do you want, Captain? What do you want? there. Uh I guess mm-hmm. I guess that's everything. So uh yeah. Uh Pretty much everything, so uh, uh yeah.
0: I can't tell if he's out of breath from a slight amount of movement, if he has a respiratory infection, or if it's a tick. In the next clip, Nick touches on
1: two things worth mentioning to show you today, um, what to knock out first, alright, well, you know, okay, we'll do this first, somebody told me, uh, well, they suggested making, like, a video, uh, you know, for Anna to, like, try and get her to love me again, and I thought a good idea for that would be to, um, to, like, show off, like, some of the, um, the letters she wrote me, you know, uh, you know, to remind her of, like, how much she used to, she used to love me, like, I mean, platonically, but, you know, still, nonetheless, uh, okay, well, first of all, this one is the one I mainly showed people in high school, which is just, uh, pictures of her, uh, no recent ones, though, it only goes back to, uh, pink, uh, when would, when did she have pink hair, that would have been 2008, I guess. I think, yeah, 2008, because 2011 was black, Uh, ten was purple, or no, ten was red, nine was purple. There's a time she hung out with Murr, a bunch of random collages. Um, But yeah, this this is the one I showed people in in high school, you know, because I talked about uh, Anna all the time. And uh, I wanted to like actually show them who she was and stuff. Uh, so yeah. Oh, there's where she meant uh, John Flansburgh. So that's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, so, so yeah, you know. So random body parts there. There's her hugging a tree. That's extremely sexy. Uh, and then the rest of it is like random lists and stuff that I wrote. Uh, they might be Giants, EPs, and stuff. I, I don't know. I write a lot of lists. I don't know why I do it. I don't even go and look at them again. I just, I don't know. Some kind of mental illness, I assume. Anyway, here's, uh, one of the letters. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole things because that would take a long-ass time. But, uh, okay, this was from 2006. Like, uh late August to uh, early September, when um, my mom had me arrested for no reason, and I got sent to a psychiatric hospital. Anyway, she says, everyone's really worried about you. Uh, thank you for sticking up for yourself, I greatly admire that. Um, we all love and miss you, I hope you get out soon. Okay, uh, here's the envelope of um, one of the snail mail letters she sent me. Damn fucking glares in the way. Fuck you, lights! She sealed it with a kiss, purple one. Uh, let's see. That's okay, she's teaching me Japanese there. She's talking about a book she read. Okay, here we go. PS, even though I'm not in love with you, I'd like you to know you're incredibly sweet at, and a great friend. Hmm, made a mistake there. She wrote at for some reason. Oh, up here she hugged me, so, that's cool. With platonic love. Uh. uh, here, uh, I used to have these letters hanging up on my bulletin board, and my stupid aunt was reading them when I wasn't there one day, and replaced, um, that P in Penis with a G. Ah, <sighs> fucking stupid people. Um, up here, she asked me for Nevermind by Nirvana for Christmas, which I gave her. And then, uh...
0: as you can hear, Nick is still obsessing over a letter from Anna from 2006. In 2011, he's read it so much he's begun breaking down the grammar in the letter.
1: Then, in return, she gave me uh, Lincoln by They Might Be Giants, which is a great album that everybody should have and listen to. And, well, they should listen to all They Might Be Giants albums, and EPs, and singles, and collections. And all the, um, various artists' compilations that they contribute tracks to. And their demo tapes. And rarities. Well, I guess I already covered that. Um, yeah, she wrote on that envelope, too. Ooh, here we go. With Lorv and, and a heart. Uh, Lorv is platonic in nature, but still. You know, she loved me platonically. So that's uh what I wanted to show people. Okay. Uh used up like half my time already. Damn. This thing has really shitty capacity. And I just stepped on something gooey, so that's gross. Here's my bulletin board where uh I hang up like more of the Some of the more important lists. Um here's uh A drawing of most of the coffee crew characters not all of them because i haven't really figured out how to draw some yet but you know most a detective came and knocked on the door and i said is it renee and he just gave me that solemn look it was the worst day ever the proof podcast is back with a new case and a new season Twenty-three years ago,
0: 18-year-old Renee Ramis went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the
1: edge of town.
0: I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something.
1: She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered.
0: They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack.
1: You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me again in my whole life.
0: You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse.
1: I have to ask, did you kill Renee?
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carved baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Coffee Crew is Nick's attempt at creating a Webtoon series. It's honestly not really worth getting into.
1: Here's They Might Be Giants things that I still need. Feel free to buy me any of them. Preferably all of them. Uh, here's a list of my favorite bands, and then my favorite things that aren't bands. Uh, here's McDonald's foods and their prices, which uh... This is pretty old, so some of the prices have changed. Uh, there's important Anna-related dates. Uh, there should be a lot more, but... I don't know them. Okay. And now, onto my laptop. Uh, this is my, um... Let me move it out of the way. This is one of my, uh... desktop wallpapers that I made by, like, tracing... photos of people. Control-Alt-Delete. Alright, now here, um, like I said, I type up a lot of lists for some reason. I don't know why, but here's my documents folder. Uh, these are folders within my doc. Okay, here we go. Here's where the lists start. Bunch of WordPad and Notepad documents, ass loads of lists. Mainly, I type up uh, track listings of They Might Be Giants albums. Um, they Might Be Giants is Nick's favorite
0: band. For whatever reason, Nick has a strange obsession with typing out track listings of each album, and then saving and dating the document. Seemingly unaware of why he does this, he nevertheless shows off a computer screen full of such documents.
1: Oh, here's a bunch of random lists combined into one uh, document. Uh, Things I want to do sexually with Anna, uh, people I'd want to do if I wasn't married to Anna... Uh, types of coffee-related beverages they have at McDonald's. Damn, a lot of McDonald's. Celebrities who are cool, um, drugs I want to do, instruments I should learn to play, porn stars that I've heard of, um, things I want to watch Anna do, okay. Um, what's this one? Oh, wait, what is, sexual something, sexual something. I guess sexual things I want to do. With Anna, maybe? Or just in general? I don't know. Uh, okay, things. Oh, okay, this is things that, um, I'll, uh, things that we're gonna need, um, in me and Anna's hoose when we get a hoose. I was trying to think up a bunch of, like, appliances and, um, furniture, you know, things we need for, uh, daily life. You may be asking
0: yourself by now, what is it with Nick's strange pronunciation of some words?
1: Hoose, when we get a hoose.
0: This is because Nick is obsessed with Canada. So yes, he says hoose instead of house, or a boot instead of about. I assume this was encouraged by shows like South Park.
1: Where in the world is... Ooh, things I want to do to Anna's butt. This is a good one. I think I counted, uh 40 things that I want to do to Anna's, but, um, I'm sure she probably won't let me do all of them, but, you know, hoping on getting the main ones, but yeah, you know, it's a little time left, so I guess I'll sing you oot. um, gonna have anal sex with Anna in her anus, And I will lick it also and taste the feces.
0: I think it's best here to address Nick's fecal obsession. Nick has coprophilia. That's an abnormal interest and pleasure in feces and defecation. He's known to smear the walls of his bathroom and room with his stool. Some of his choice tweets about the subject include, My poopy exploits got my bathroom all pooped up. Man, my aunt is going to lose her shit when she sees it. No pun intended. As well as... Sometimes when I put stuff in my butt, feces come out for some reason. So, I wipe it on my walls. And... Oh man, my aunt is having me paint my walls, and she yelled at me about feces on them, even though they've been there for years. I don't understand why people throw big fits over me wiping my fecal hands on my walls. They're my walls, not theirs. What the fudge do they care? Nick is so obsessed with fecal-related porn that he refuses to watch pornography that features a vagina. He often tweets about finding scenes in which vaginal intercourse isn't present. Nick Stoutenberger's unwillingness to shower likely compounded the fecal obsession, further driving his aunt up the wall. He has many comments online discussing how he has a fear of water, that he only pretends to shower, "'splashing a little water on himself to appear showered. "'Considering his willingness to smear himself with his own defecation "'and his refusal to shower, I can only imagine the smell. "'His hygiene was so poor, "'it apparently became an undertaking for Nick to undress. "'Apparently, my foot fused with my sock "'because I just took it off and it tore away a buttload of skin. "'It's all red and wet and painful.' With his fetishes, lack of hygiene, and intense anxiety in mind, I think it's worth mentioning that Nick has very strict rules and guidelines for potential girlfriends. This type of list, in my experience, is not uncommon with guys like this. They hold others to standards they don't hold themselves to. I want you to keep that in mind when I read off this list he posted to his Twitter account. Traits I require for a girlfriend. 1. No tattoos. 2. No piercings. 3. A total virgin. Never done any mouth or butt stuff even. Desperately wants to have anal, receive analingus, and perform fellatio, but guys have never been interested in her. Consequently, she'll go out with me because I'm the first applicant. And tries hard to please me. 4. Enjoy defecating and will tell me about her defecations. And also, let me watch. 5. Obsessed with they might be giants, or will be obsessed with them when I introduce them to her. Six, wears pretty sundresses and full-length pleated skirts, both made of cotton. Seven, wears panties that are also made of cotton, but have elastic waist and leg bands, and cover everything. Eight, cute, but in a little sister kind of way. Not the way that people would want to go out with them. Nine, boobs don't have to be all that big, but big enough that they hang. I don't know what size I'm visualizing is. 10. Was born without a vagina, but is still female. 11. Platonically loves cats. 12. Likes dark satirical and metacomedy, but also unironically likes corny puns and such, occasionally. 13. Girly, sweet, shy, kind, funny, happy. 14. Is a hug monster. 15. Christian, but liberal. 16. Also liberal politically. Doesn't have to smoke marijuana herself, but is okay with me doing it. Seventeen, not a vegetarian. Loves fast food and other unhealthy but delicious food stuff. Eighteen, not athletic. More of a gamer, but not a hardcore one. I guess, with these absurd standards out of the way, now is the time to discuss his teeth. Nick's teeth are basically rotting out of his mouth. This is something he proudly displays in online photos. I've included photos on the Obscura website for you to see yourself. These photos of Nick with his dead-toothed grin often feature Nick dressed in women's clothing, because, for Nick, it seems his fetishes are near endless. But, we have one last fetish of Nick's to tackle, one that will cement him as a monster. As a type of boogeyman, you're warned about as a child. Part 4 Sick Nick There needs to be a civil rights movement for pedosexuals The general public automatically assumes all pedosexuals are rapists And it sucks Nick Stoutzenberger
1: I'm gonna do my wife And also some children In their butts But the latter is only If my wife says I can Which she probably won't So I guess I'll just do my wife Okay I am not a kitten In fact, I rarely am Damn, dude Anal rape Anal rape raping children then disemboweling and force feeding them their own intestines
0: your ears do not betray you listener Nick is a self confessed pedophile he calls himself pedosexual here is a video of Nick defending his stance on being a pedophile
1: how is it weird in any way alright guys this is recording I'm gonna give this to Tom maybe okay Nick ask mm-hmm. a question about pedophilia please uh, what? What you said. What is wrong with it? Say that. But there, is, there is... Okay, well, ex- okay, but you're proving my point. The pedophilia should not be illegal. It should. It is, is illegal. It is. Yeah, I know, you but get that's... get prosecuted
0: for it. They get thrown in jail for that's it.
1: That's what I'm... That is what I'm saying, though. It's a stupid law. Well, just I mean, like what you just mentioned. Whatever that was. You- Nick if, if you think it's so bad, then get on a picket sign go out in the street and protest legalization of it. Yeah, pedophilia. Well, son, no, just, I just, would yeah, yeah. I would do this but as you know I do not do things in public, so Well you like to tell people what you do. Yes, you tell people on, yeah. on Twitter. Not complete, not complete strangers. Just people I already happen to know. Nick,
0: Nick, who are... Nick anybody can see your Twitter, and they can know. Yes, when
1: I'm. You're yes, I'm aware of this. But see, I. What oh, do you want? When I type, when I type the things, I'm not. I'm not thinking of the random people. I'm just. I. It's directed towards. Well, you should. Ryan. You shut. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but I realize that there are people I do not know. I just, like, I don't I don't really care. Well, they're going to make you care one day. They're going to use this information against you, Nick. You do realize this. How how on earth could this possibly be used against me when I'm not going to have a job? How do or... you know you're not going to want to get a job? <laughs> you, you, someday you might change your mind. No. People are going to look at this, and they're going no. to call the cops. no. No, son, I do not. Like I said, Nick, if you strongly believe that this is what should happen, then go out into the center of the town with a sign and see how people look at you marching around asking to have sex with kids. But... (sighs) Watching them... I don't... Whatever your kink is, I don't But I'm not actually having sex with kids. I just approve of of pedophilia. What is... It's bad enough that you think it should be legal. There's a diff. Consensual incest, sure. Oh my god. Right. Okay, so Nick, just say that again. Do you what? condone consensual incest? I, I just said that. You already have it recorded. Why do you want me to say it again? Just so that I can confirm it. Ah, yes. Yes, I do. Or, yes, I did.
0: And it doesn't stop there. Remember before when I mentioned that Anna cut Nick off after his chats became too much? That his fetishes grew to be too much for her to handle she cut off communication? Well, you're about to understand why. Now, to make things confusing, from what I've read online, this is a different Anna than the one who has been discussed about before. Still, this person's increasing shock tells a full story on its own. Anna. Who was it? Nick. Uh, uh, uh. Anna. Oh my god, come on. I'm getting excited. Nick. Yeah, right now. But once I tell you, you'll think I'm a pedo. I mean, I kinda am, but still. Anna. It was, wasn't it? Nick. Uh, maybe. Anna. Are you being serious? Nick. Yeah, she kinda coerced me. Anna. What does that mean? Nick. Well, like, we always talked about what me and Joe are going to do sexually, and then eventually, she wanted to do sexual things, and, yeah, one day, she was just like, well, I'ma suck your penis. Anna. How old was she? Nick. Nick. Uh, well, she's nine now, so, I don't know. Eight, maybe? Yeah, she's pretty fucked up to be a rapist at eight. Anna. Bah ha ha ha. Nick. Yeah, not my best moment. Anna. Damn, you're fucked up. Nick. She started it. Well, um, doesn't know how to wipe. So when I went to lick her butt, there was feces everywhere. So, I just licked the cheeks instead. Anna, you licked your eight-year-old half-sister's shitty butthole. Nick, no, just the cheeks. Anna, what the fuck? Nick, I couldn't lick the hole because it was shitty, which sucks because I want to lick an anus, damn it. Anna, yeah, but your eight-year-old half-sister? Nick, well, I didn't have anyone else. Anna, dear God. Nick, so yeah, oh, that's right, I've had my anus licked too. It actually feels good, but I still prefer to do the licking myself. Anna, who the hell did that? Nick, my half-sister. You can almost feel Anna coming to her senses in that chat. I think the whole Webtoon role-playing chat talk dissolves, her reactions seem increasingly shocked. Yep, now it's filming.
1: You're my stick, first of all. It's my stick. No! No! Give me, <laughs> no. Give me my stick. Get your own. No, that is my stick. I can't use this to fight you. Well, get another stick. That was mine, yo. Oh well, go find one
0: for me. What you hear is Nick playing with his half sister. I've censored the name of his half sister for this episode. I think we can agree, she's been through enough. There are several of these clips online. Knowing what transpired, these just feel like clips of a predator, grooming his prey.
1: I got, I'm got. i filming, so we're good to go. Alright, we ready to light the candles? Uh-oh, mine's pumped Uh, shouldn't we turn the fan off? Ceiling fan? We shouldn't even have a ceiling fan. They're dangerous. the last one, you gotta start singing. Alright, we'll wait. I don't sing without an auto tuner. <laughs> Go! Happy birthday
0: to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you.
1: Birthday to you.
0: And you smell like one, two. <laughs> this is Nick recording his half sister's birthday. I think context like this is important. A lot of true crime podcasts might gloss over this. But Nick's sister is a person. She'll have to live the rest of her life knowing what he did to her. She's a victim. And I speak from personal experience. Things that aren't worth getting into now. It's hard, if not impossible, to wash a stain like that away. It can follow you and inform your decisions in the worst way. Take decades of your life from you if you let it. Consume you. To put it short, moments like this is why I make this show. I hate Nick Stoutsenberger. I could crush his head under a rock, and I wouldn't feel a thing. I know. I'm not being logical. These thoughts are vacuous, propelled to the forefront by my feelings. People of his ilk give me a feeling in the pit of my stomach. It's hard to describe. It's a blend of anger and despair, like a cold, tangled mass that I can't unravel. But I try repeatedly with each episode. This is a podcast made in hatred. In fact, in the name of hate. It is dark spit smeared across the face of the quote-unquote legacies of these predators. This isn't a podcast about climbing out of the abyss humanity has descended into, but leaning over the edge and screaming in rage. Anyway... Sorry for the small tangent. It was indulgent. I think the research of this episode got to me a little. Let's move on. Part 5. Consequences. Nick Stotzenberger's clock was ticking. He wasn't ready for what was coming. As you've heard, this has all been documented... And when the internet gets obsessed with something, it doesn't let it go. To make matters worse for Nick, his half-sister came forward and told her father what occurred. Court documents show that Nick and his half-sister were playing video games in a room together. Nick then told his sister to suck his penis and lick his buttocks. After he licked her buttocks, a second incident occurred in which Nick made his half-sister suck his penis again. And... A final incident occurred in which Nick forcibly kissed her. The sexual assaults occurred between 2009 and 2010. His Twitter feed became an erratic mix of the usual fecal fetish tweets, video game tweets, tweets about his ex-online girlfriends, and, finally, about his impending investigation. Why does everyone think I did it? I've never been alone with her. I can't even talk to people, so who am I going to molest someone? I hate sexual assault, so why would I do it? My coprophilia proves I lied in a chat log. I don't receive analingus, etc. In Nick's panic, he came up with the most absurd defense I've ever heard. His defense was that it couldn't have been him, because in the chat, he said he couldn't perform analingus because his half-sister's buttocks were smeared with feces. To add to his madness, he made a video to prove his defense.
1: Um... I'm filming this video because I've been accused of sexually assaulting my sister, and this is uh, me trying to prove that I didn't. Um, Part of the reason that I think uh, they think I did it is because of this chat log uh, that surfaced where I told my friend that I did uh, molest my sister um and even though I've came out multiple times to say that this was a lie and that I actually didn't uh they nobody believes me but um one thing um that I can prove was definitely a lie in the chat log is that um I mentioned in it that uh I didn't do anal with her because uh, she had feces in her butt and um, everybody knows that I'm a coprophiliac so this wouldn't have stopped me. If I were to molest somebody I definitely would have done anal no matter what and I can prove that I'm a coprophiliac because here is my toilet in which I have just defecated as you can see um, and i'm going to touch the feces and masturbate with it so um i don't know how to set up as you can see or actually i guess i should use this hand my hand is clean right now okay nothing on it and now i'm holding feces can you see it oh crap it's falling on the floor okay so I'm undoing my pants it's hard to do this one handed though I'll just try it so now it's all over my penis I don't know if you can see it was requested that I film myself actually masturbating, but I'm not really, uh, I'm not really aroused right now too much. Um, ever since I started on my medication, uh, my Invega estena I haven't been able to masturbate like on command. So yeah, but, um, anyway, hopefully this is proof enough that I'm a coprophiliac. And that proves that I couldn't have uh, molested my sister because of, uh, you know, feces wouldn't have stopped me from doing anal. Uh, Okay, that about wraps up my video.
0: Thanks. In the video, Nick attempts to masturbate with a piece of fecal matter. Despite the crux of the video being to prove that he is a coprophiliac, you can't get erect, basically making the creation of the video entirely pointless. Watching this naked, unwashed man with the brownish-black decaying teeth smear his own fecal matter on his flaccid penis is one of those moments where I found myself in need of a break from my research. And on Wednesday, April 30th, 2015, Nick Stoutzenberger was charged with one count of involuntarily deviant sexual intercourse with a child and three counts of indecent assault on a child. He was given the maximum sentence of 40 years in prison and is eligible for parole in 2031. On August 19, 2014, Anna, Nick's victim of stalking, made a forum post that predated the trial. All in all, Nick is a terrible excuse for a human being. He's an abusive, manipulative, borderline sociopath with no regard for other people. He's quite likely delusional, I say quite likely, because it's entirely possible he doesn't believe a word he says about fate and God and all of that, and he's disgusting on every possible level. I truly hope he gets locked up, and frankly, I won't feel entirely safe in the world, unless he does. Well, Anna, it seems you got your wish. And that's this week's episode. You know, this episode has me thinking... Stoutenberger didn't kill anyone, yet I find myself hating him just as much as I do any killer. It makes me wonder are we really punishing these child predators enough? Does someone like Stoutenberger really deserve a chance to get released after only 16 years? What does someone like him offer to society? Despite all of his other kinks that basically made him non functioning in society, he's already proven that he'll take advantage of a child. The last child he took advantage of was the witness that led to his eventual downfall. Do you really think you would let the next one live? I find this all horrifying to think about. And, listener, you owe it to yourself to seek out the gallery of photos of this guy I have hosted on my website. Seeing is believing. This guy, Sick Nick, as he's known in online forums, is someone who has to be seen to be believed he cared nothing for his personal hygiene seemed to revel in the disgust of others moving on we just dropped our first episode of obscura black label this is one of two bonus episodes that are currently on the patreon it's basically a darker version of this podcast if you have a taste for the hard stuff consider giving the five minute preview we have up a listen if you like what you hear a membership of Black Label is only $3 on our Patreon. That's less than a cup of coffee these days. It's a great way to support the show, and I hope I've shown you that I'm willing to put a lot of hard work into growing Obscura. To start, Black Label episodes will only release once a month. With more support, I'd like to expand Obscura into a bi-weekly experience, but I can't do that without your help. Plus, hey, being completely transparent with you a nice way to help out with the holidays rolling around. Even if you don't support us, I appreciate that you come back each week. It's nice having others to share these morbid interests with. And I think that wraps things up. Thank you again for listening, and keep the fire burning.